I think I came into my senses right now. I think I came into my senses too a little bit. <laughs> Welcome everybody to a uh, unique episode of the Duck Soulcast. Yep, 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 yep. We started out things a little bit differently today because uh, before we get into the meat of everything we want to talk about today, um, got just a couple things we want to throw out there. You know, quick podcast bit, update. Yeah, a little little quality of life update for y'all on on Duck So. So, a good pal over here, Rick. <laughs> And I've just been talking about some stuff and just kind of thought that, you know... Coming to our senses. Coming to our senses. Again, <laughs> I don't think that was intentional, but it, was, it, 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 wasn't, out. it wasn't intentional, but it was a good, uh, it was a good uh, what do you call it? Not eye-opener. Well, yeah, eye-opener, yeah. It made me realize, yeah, this cast is going in a direction that I feel like needs to be a little bit more broad. And I feel like in the last, you know, few episodes, 13 episodes leading up to this one, oh, gosh, it's been a... Quite a bit now we've done. Now. We have some content. We have some hours out there. We got some hours, so go back and listen to those. Tell us what you think. But uh, we're just kind of giving you all a little update here. Um, a little bit of convincing from, you know, from Ray Cut to me, you know. We're uh, we're branching out. We're doing some other things. And, and I, think it's, I think you've already known that we've already been doing that. Talking about PlayStation. Talking a little bit about the tech world and stuff in a few of our most recent episodes, right? But uh, just want to... Give you guys the the full download of what uh, Rick and I have to offer, and on our thoughts on the entertainment world, music, um, tech, things like that. And, you know, I mean, at our core, we've always been you know big Nintendo heads, um, but we want to make sure that you guys get see all sides of us. You know, so just a small reminder, friendly reminder to you all that nothing's changing. We're the same old unique selves. You know, I'm Greg. I'm Rick. And we're going to stay unique. This is the Duxo cast. We're just going to branch out and give you the full unique side of ourselves. Always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it's important to, um, you know, it's hard to talk about a subject when, if we don't fully embrace and acknowledge the other surrounding ecosystems around it. So Right. I mean, then you kind of remain more biased to one or you kind of have to speak so highly on that one over the other. And, um clearly that's not gonna fly with us so (laughs) here we are so a little little more authenticity with that because um yeah man i mean you all deserve it the exactly and the video game world is it's a trip and i know it's not for everyone but it's a trip there's a lot of stuff there there's it's i mean i know uh in the few episodes that i I came off it kind of sounds like i'm not a sony guy but I just spent freaking sixty dollars on new stupid covers <laughs> hey man, on those, my PlayStation Five those, that I never use. <laughs> those purple pleats are looking pretty slick, though, man. Honestly, it's a and I know purple's been your color, really, right? It's in my eyes. It's <laughs> why? Tell me why I just pictured like a Bugs Bunny when his eyes like get like when he does like that big close up and his eyes get like hecka colored, you know, and he's like all like you know blinking his eyes mm-hmm. and they're all color blue or purple or whatever that's it dude. that's what it is it's funny yeah. no i mean we're not haters you know and I, I think maybe a little bit of self-reflection in my part kind of made me realize that i don't want to come off as one-sided to any of you guys and it never was that but i think maybe being a little bit more forward and open about what the direction of this cast is meant to be um can kind of give you some clarity on that to help you understand that uh we want to give you guys, you know, the full, the full slice, you know, 
it's always been about you guys. And we want you guys to have a good experience and a good understanding of where we come from and what we what we got to talk about. So we opened up with Spider Verse or uh, Annihilate, right? That's Metro yep, from the yeah, from the new Spider Man Across the uh, Spider Verse film, which at the time of this recording we both have seen. So we're going to give you guys our little mini review of that, give our thoughts, and talk a bit about the. Good and it's old been uh, it's been it's been almost two. It's going to be about two weeks. So spoilers, okay? Yeah, because I want to talk about it freely. We're going to we're going to talk about this to the fullest extent. Yep. So right off the jump. Just your first, uh, again, spoilers. We're now going to transition, talk to uh, talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse um, that came out last week, uh, June 2nd, and it's doing phenomenal in the box office right now. Um, again, gonna final Mario warning. Movie a run for its money. Spoilers for sure. I don't think, uh, maybe, maybe. maybe. Um, so spoilers for sure, but from from the, just for gut reaction, man, like what, what do you think of the film? It's solid, man. I, I in I knowing that this was a two parter film, so which I think a lot of people did. A realize. lot of people didn't realize that, and I'm like, y'all are crazy. Like I knew this was going to be a two part thing, and um, but all that aside, this was great. Animation was phenomenal, and I think that's the one thing you really take away from Spider Verse is that. It's an animation, no pun intended here, Marvel. <laughs> it's really good. And the amount of people and I'm sure sweat and tears that get poured into this thing, it's it's a visual masterpiece to me. And the amount of um, attention to detail in Easter eggs and in, you know, portrayal of certain characters in their background, like Miles Morales as a character is, you know, Puerto Rican, right? But so they like I don't know if you noticed, but there's that one scene where his mother's snapping at him, right? You know, he says Mira, and she, you see the Puerto Rican flag there, and I'm like, yeah, that's so cool, you know, just like small things like that, you know, just make me go. This is a this is a love letter. This is a passion project. It's not a uh, cash grab. And the people behind this movie did a phenomenal job bringing these characters to life and giving it. Um, you know, an environment that I want to get soaked into, that I really want to be absorbed and just fully, you know, engulfed in. So I, I'm invested. I'm ready for part two. Um, I like where they took the direction of uh, giving our focus to Gwen, if closing out her story, um, seeing more of Miles. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I'd say Gwen's story is closed, right, from... From when it, I, I think so, but again, mm-hmm. no. Well, it, what I'm saying is like it started the movie with Gwen, it ended with Gwen, and I felt like to me that it like her arc was uh, was kind of addressed mostly. Oh, well, let me rewind. I'm saying I like the amount of development they've given to me the main characters of this this roster that we have here, and um, I'm looking forward to what's to come next. That's my general thoughts. Um, so I'm a big if you if you guys didn't know this, I'm a big Spider Man fan. Like mm. that's that's my jam. Twit, twit. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, T T T whip. The T Rex. And the T Rex <laughs> That was funny. Um, yeah, so I'm a big I'm a big uh, Spider Man fan, and I fortunately I was in that um era of comics because um I got back into the ultimate comics of uh, Marvel, specifically those Spider-Man, where they were in the 2000s that they ran. 
And it was a really good like retelling, obviously alternate universe of Peter Parker's story. Phenomenal. And it was cool because I got really sucked into those comics and a little bit late before they first started, but I got caught up to where everything was new. So I was actually in the moment reading you know, the introduction of Miles Morales because he was introduced in the ultimate universe of the ultimate comics. Like I have the f- issue number one um, leading to the end of the ultimate comics Spider-Man storyline, you know, to the death of uh, Peter Parker in that and then the birth of essentially Miles. It was pretty amazing. So what Brian Michael Bendis and I forgot her name, but her first name, but Pacelli, what they created in the character Miles um it's just phenomenal. And I love the versions, the intakes that they've have continued, you know, as the first African-American and Puerto Rican um, superhero, let alone Spider-Man. And this version of the, of miles that we're getting, because to me, it's literally the comics. Then there's the Sony PlayStation video game miles, um, which is um, actually different. They're all different. Um, and then you have this version of miles, I, I like the direction they're going. I like what they're doing with this character, mm-hmm. um, this story arc. As far as the film goes, um, I can't really... The movie's great. I love the visuals. I love the art. I mean, only in animation can you really do something where every universe or whatever is distinct from one another, mm-hmm. which I hope live action finds a way to do that maybe. Which it kind of did in, at a certain point in the movie in Spider-Verse. In this movie, what you're saying in this movie, right? That it found its way into live action. No, no, I'm saying that I'm I'm hoping live action movies start to find a way to do it because you can only do it in animation, right? Right. um, Where you can literally change the style, the art, the color. Sure. um, You know, and now movies are starting to venture into the multiverse of things. You know, Marvel specifically. Um, Next week we have DC the Flash. going to be in uh, with the multiverse and I'm curious to see how that looks and how it pans out heard some pretty good reviews but I like Ezra Miller as an actor but as a person I don't know about all that but anyways um, (laughs) so I I love I love what they did here but I I, I, part of me doesn't like the movie because it does end in a cliffhanger I know it's a two-parter so I can't fully justify the excellence of this movie without seeing the conclusion. Uh-huh. Like you got, I got to see the next part because if the themes and the story arcs that they built in this uh, film doesn't conclude or doesn't carry over properly to what should be the conclusion, the next two hours, most likely then it's going to undo what this movie started. And right. so that's, what's, that's, what's very important. Like you, a lot of these movies that do two parters, you got to be able to conclude it well. Um, the best example that kind of fumbled that a little bit was the Matrix trilogy. Mm-hmm. Matrix Reloaded was a phenomenal sequel and a good starter, but then when you went to Revelations, the third one, you're like, like part of it was like cool, and then part of it was just like, what are, what was happening? What are we doing? And so that's what's important, you know. Same thing with like Deathly Hollows, Harry Potter. You know, they had to make sure it branches well infinity war and Endgame. you know they had to make sure it finishes well sure so it's those things and so i i don't i'm not saying i have a lack of confidence that they won't be able to do that but 
again, I, I got to see that. As far as um, like Gwen, to your point, I mean, Gwen and Miles are the main characters of these films, yes. of this trilogy that they're doing. Um, so it was just good to see that they gave her... We got more of her backstory. Got and I think that's what art. I meant to say. I didn't mean to say close off her whole yeah, story. Because her story's not closed. Like, no, no, no. Like, there's still yeah. much more to that's come. That's why I wanted to retract that, because I, I think I used the wrong verbiage on that part. But yeah. I was just I was indicating that I really liked how they put more emphasis on her and made her a more prominent role than just another Spider-Man, Spider-Woman in this yeah. Spider-Verse. So I really like her, what they did with her in this film. Yeah. And I love all the other characters they introduced. Um I do like um, Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099. I thought that was um, pretty awesome. A um, little interesting twist where he's kind of acting like a curator of the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to keep everything in order and willing to make those difficult decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. As well as the other, like I like the Spider-Punk played by Daniel Kaluuya. He that was, was cool. Fantastic, rebellious, help Miles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even Spider Man India. One of the cool things that I really liked, um, uh, that I was really surprised was the little segment of Lego Spider Man. Yes, and that uh, was. An- did you see who it was that animated? Yeah, it was that? a fourteen year old yeah, kid isn't that, that animated. So cool. It. But it was awesome because, like, even more of like a semi deep cut for those that don't like didn't realize it. The first film was written by uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, which are the writers and directors of the Lego movies. Mm-hmm. So it was cool that because they didn't direct this one, but they did write it. But it was cool that they were able to bring a little bit of that Lego yeah. into them. But then to find out that it was animated by a fourteen year old kid is even more. It's incredible. even it's even dope. But I just love seeing Spider Man Lego Spider Man because I'm a big Lego fan. And talking about deep cuts too, and also cool references. The uh, actor who played. Um, the Indian Spider-Man is also the same actor who played the, yeah in Deadpool, yeah, the yep. cab driver. Which I was like, That's so cool. It was funny. I, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. It was um, uh, Scarlet Spider was um, Andy Samberg. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god. And then he had all like a lot of the the other cool thing was the you know old um not old but like other spider-mans from other medias reprising their roles you know ultimate not ultimate but spectacular josh Josh keaton yep yeah he's one of my favorite animated spider-mans you know aside from the um the 1995 amazing spider-man cartoon because that followed like the comics pretty close yes um but yeah spectacular spider-man was phenomenal but then i also love that um the insomniac spider-man was there granted he didn't have like a you know any big role in there but it was cool just to see yuri uh lewenthal uh-huh. be in that yeah for um, just a brief second and there was there was a lot there was like a lot of i'm kind of sad we didn't get to see chris daniel barnes reprises spider-man from 95 role even just a little bit i would i would have liked to have seen him um is he still alive yeah okay still alive he's not he's not that old well no there was a there was oh maybe it was x-men i'm thinking of cyclops i think the actor who did cyclops passed away Mm, yeah chris daniel barnes he's also um he's also the uh actor of um oh gosh why am i drawing a blank on this that movie's also out too not the live action version but uh uh prince eric from little mermaid he does that voice as well They, they share the same voice actor Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, from the yeah. animated version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I've seen roles like Josh Keenan reply. Is it, it was just a couple seconds and seeing spectacular, and there was pretty cool. 
also seeing the live action Spider Man also getting a little bit of a uh, connection in there too. Yeah, archive neat. archive footage played for Toby and, and Andrew. Uh, Andrew. I think what's cool about that and even the sequence where they first show like the Spider Verse, you see the actual like Marvel. Mm -hmm. mcu timeline like little vein thing and then it transitions to the spider verse um Mm -hmm. what do you call it designation i think it's cool to see that because then it pretty much now confirms everything's canon bro that it's all connected yeah which is very interesting to me that marvel is cool with that and is allowing that and they're rocking i mean it's part of their whatever agreement whatever but now i'm curious on how Secret Wars, Avengers Secret Wars will end up being down the road, or even whatever King Dynasty decides. If we get like literally the animated Spider Man in Secret Wars, I don't know if they'll. I don't know if they'll bring. I don't know if they'll bring an animated. I think they'll try to like adapt them to live action. Yeah, because like if you think about it, like Oscar Isaac can pull off. Yeah, Spider-Man 29 in real, like, real life. Moore, the uh, actor who plays Miles, actually just made a comment recently saying that he's willing to get himself trained and fit for a live-action Miles Morales. Yeah. So. Yeah, if that, like, that would see that more of, like, a cameo. Yeah, like yeah. Like a mm-hmm. older. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's, like, 30 years old, but, I mean, well, he can pull off, like, he, probably, like, a 23 age. Well, you got to think about it, too. I mean, he's actually, so his age right now, he's 28 or 29, I believe, when Toby and Andrew also started theirs they were about the same age gap for that playing of that high school student they're about 26 28 i think when they started in their roles as spider-man peter parker in their original movies yeah the only difference though is they were they were both in their um senior years Mm -hmm. miles is 15 sure so we could flash forward to secret wars in a couple years and maybe he'll age up by then that's what i'm saying yeah like it'd be it'd be an older yeah yeah like so that's why i said he could pull off like a 23 year old gotcha gotcha you know, Miles Morales. But what was interesting to me too is that we saw Spot, the the villain of this film, um, the Spot. He ended up in the Venom verse, the the Venom movie. That was <laughs> cool. Yeah, that was kind of like what? That's bringing a trip. it full circle. Time no, but together. see, that just shows me it's possible that they could do stuff like that. They could bring the animated Spider Man from the Spider Verse into live action, no problem, because. He did it, yeah. I, I, but I thought that was—I yeah, thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I just think that the it needs—it just can't look too campy. That's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. like I loved having uh, what's his name, Donald Donald, Donald Glover. Glover's cameo, which is pretty cool. So he's the Prowler, right? In in across is that the Prowler of the MCU? We don't know. I would think so because there's Aaron Davis literally in the MCU. Yeah. They've confirmed that already. So could that be the Prowler of the MCU or another variant within It'd like be the MCU? Another yeah. variant. Yeah, yeah, right. But you know, yeah. So that was cool. That but was it, my first thought. I was like, oh shoot, yeah. all right. And so that was cool to see, but it was still kind of. It looked a little weird. Yeah, uncanny. You know, very yeah. looked. Uh, it looked you know very Space Jam ish. Yeah. So that's my concern is that if they transition over, I think it would be like a high rendering mm. um, of CG mm. than animated. I mean, animated would be dope, but. And there's probably a reason why they had the spot, you know, be the one to go break that, you know, barrier and go into like the Venom verse, you know, for us. I'm calling it the Venom verse at this point. Sorry. Um, with, you know, um, the lady in the market. This is Chen. Yeah, is her name? Yeah, yeah. And because uh, he's not very, uh, his face is very just 
plain and simple, right? It's just black and white spots, basically. So, you know, you don't have to try so hard to adapt that, you know, visual character, you know, into a real world setting because it's just, you know, it's just spots, you know? Whereas if you were to put Miles Morales on screen with, with her in that setting, you would probably, like you said, you'd have to do a little bit more of a realistic rendering or some kind or do a little bit more effort. So that's probably why they did that. There's like a test run maybe just to see how that would look, if it was possible to achieve or that's something they wanted to do in the future. But um, no, I mean, story-wise, I'll, I'll just kind of say I, I thought the... I thought the story was really cool. I like that it it we got to kind of flash forward. I think they said it was like a year and a half between Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse. Saw Miles mature a little bit, you know, of course, because he's fifteen now. So I didn't even realize he was that young in the in the first movie. They they stretched him out like mm-hmm. he had a big old growth spurt that they emphasized because mm-hmm. he's a lot taller now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's still just a yeah, kid. That still just a kid. Still, I mean. Finding like his eight, footing. It's like a 17-year-old to me, man. But I know. Seriously. Um, yeah, some people just have that growth but, I mean, spurt, hey, 15, man. They just get lanky legs, 15 ain't that, ain't, I mean, 15 doesn't seem that it's not as unbelievable. I mean, my kid's about to be 15, and shoot, looks like a grown-ass yeah. man, so I don't know. Right. Liked how he found his way back to his people, because that, he, the, one of the things he was saying was that he was you know missing, of course, being with his spider people, finding himself to be unrelatable, um, making his way back to you know, where this elite crew of spider people are at, this huge hub, right? And, uh, you know, finding his place, finding his footing, you know, finding out where, you know, more or less he wasn't actually supposed to be there, as it turns out. He is what's called an anomaly, which is a uh, a break in the canon uh, timeline of all the Spider-Men across the Spider-Verse. Which that actually kind of threw me off. I was surprised by that. I was like, wait, so he was never meant to happen. <laughs> and that's why I say this story. This story. Um, this version yeah. of Miles is interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of it is in, um, it's some of it falls, some of it's like from the comics and some isn't. It's just mm-hmm. themselves making their own. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we haven't seen any other mention of any other Miles Morales, of course, is just this one in this movie. So. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you noticed that too, because that's what I was saying uh, to my wife. I'm like, huh? There's no other Miles. Like he's literally the only one. Like there's no video. I mean, the video game Spidey, Sony Spidey's there, but not Miles. That's interesting. And then there's no um, no comic book. Uh, I know they had Miles in one of the Disney shows, the Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Spider Man. So it's like it's interesting yeah. that they didn't. Um, like yeah. they don't have. Miles, yeah, specifically as a Spider-Man across this Spider Verse, and it's probably to emphasize that it's this Miles Morales, probably. Yeah, but when you're trying to word it off as everything is canon, you know, how do you just ignore that? You know, yeah. So I don't know. It, I mean, given the amount of Spider-Man you saw in that one sequence where they're chasing Miles, I mean, that's a lot of Spider-Man, of course. Uh, variants, they're probably hidden in their back there somewhere. You just don't see them. <laughs> Well, what's funny is a lot of them, of those Spider-Mans, um, some of them were just different. Because initially, like, Spider-Man just had different suits, but it was still Peter. In this, they actually, like, created, like, different characters that were wearing that suit. Um, like, I remember reading, uh, I was looking into something, and there was one that was, like, the armored suit, mm-hmm. which I know debuted for Peter in the Spider-Man game. Mm-hmm. That's actually where it debuted, but they, in the film, they labeled it as like, oh, no, this is like 
some other guy um, that has this suit from this universe. And it was just like, that's mm. interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, technically, even even when you go back to watching Spider-Man um, into the Spider-Verse, when they go into Aunt May's house and they go into his little spider yeah, lair and he has the suits, like, those are the same suits you see these people wearing, but they're literally different, mm. either different Peters or different character in general that's wearing the suit so anytime i see any other like you know discrepancy i just say it's another spider-man <laughs> i just say it's another it's an and that's the easiest write-off you can just write off as i just say it's it's peter with a different suit yeah just like in the video game like he has like you can get what 50 different suits i think something like that yeah so i admittedly truth be told i haven't unlocked all of them myself either no no i haven't got them all it's the only reason i have a ps5 man i need to play more but PS4 uh, than ps5 I think one theme I really took away from this movie is that there's a very big focus on like the the parent child dynamic um, with, um, of course, Miles' parents and to himself and um, Gwen to her father and then Peter, of course, having now his um, his little girl um, and then um, Miguel O'Hara um, also with you know his child, his future that he could have had, right? Or that's what I understood, right? It was a future he could have had, or was that the future that, or that was his child that? What had. it what it was is um, in the film story of Miguel's back mini backstory they give you is that he lost his family, right? Lost his daughter specifically, mm-hmm. and he went to a universe, and that universe is Miguel O'Hara died, um, and what he it sounds kind of dark actually. What he ended up doing is he essentially hid the body. And took over in the role of that universe as Miguel. So Kingpin tried. She tried doing what Kingpin basically tried doing. <clears throat> yeah, almost. because he because in that universe his family was still alive, and so he tried to do that. But then the anomaly, you know, it was a cannon disruption. Mm-hmm. So then uh, that universe just kind of imploded, and so that's why he's like very dark because his daughter, this alternate universe daughter family that he had, ended up dying anyways too. Yikes! Yeah. And so that's why he took it upon himself to create this this little Spider-Verse force to micromanage. It's like the TVA, I think it's called, from um, Loki. Loki, Mm -hmm. But it's the Spider-Man version of it. So if everything here is canon, right, but we have things like the TVA and... You know, everything else with the MCU. <laughs> that's, that's where things get so confusing to me. You know? Well, that's where... That's where the timeline mm-hmm. is... So you got to understand what a canon event is first. Right. A canon event is a... In the film, at least the way they propose, it's <clears throat> it's something dramatic that happens to the main character, in this case, Peter Parker. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the big one that they kept emphasizing was loss. Uh, well, there's loss, but it's uh, a captain, a captain of the po- New York police that they're close to will eventually have to die mm-hmm. because, um, as we know, Captain Stacy dies mm-hmm. um, numerous times, right? Yeah. And in this one, when he's in in the India universe, the Captain Singh or whatever his name was was supposed to die, but Miles saved him. Yes. Creating the anomaly there. And the whole premise, the whole arc is that Miles' dad is about to be captain and he's bound to die. It's the destiny because that's the canon event is that in every Spider-Man story, an uncle or an aunt dies that pushes them to become Spider-Man. They lose a tragic friend 
or lover or and they lose in this case a captain that they're somehow have some type of relationship ends up passing and then there's other things that happen you know like the symbiote or connor's becoming a lizard like certain villains becoming certain things like these are things that have to happen in the be a spider in the spider-man universes because that's part of the canon arc yeah that's the story of spider-man and so once they find out that his dad miles doesn't become captain and pretty much he's destined to die miles freaks miles does not agree with that he says no and miguel and all you know recruiting all the other spider-mans are basically saying no you basically gotta let it happen you gotta let your dad die in order for you to progress your story or to even preserve this your universe that you're in because the reason that's and that's where at the end the cliffhanger we get to see we get to go to a universe where it turns out that, he went to the wrong universe where the spider that bit Miles was supposed to be from. Yeah, so we're seeing, we're literally, at the end of the movie, the spider that was there was supposed to buy either Peter or Miles, but since it never did, there was never a Spider-Man in that universe, Universe 42. So that's where the movie kind of kind of ends there, which wasn't really like a twist. Like I caught it, but my wife caught it even sooner because even when he's like in that little thing where it's sending him, like it said Universe Forty Two, and we're like, that's not the right universe. So I don't know if like you were like, wait, like when he's talking to his mom, and the mom's like, oh, and you were like, it's supposed to be like, oh, everyone's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, they spoiled it be- just before he went there because they yeah. it literally said on the screen Universe Forty Two, and we all know he's not from that universe. So. I think a lot of people didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. A lot they were like, and I think, and they knew that a lot of people wouldn't catch that. So. Um, well, that's what my theater the casuals. My theater, <laughs> hey now, <laughs> hey now. My theater, um, kind of had like a <clears throat> oh, like everybody kind of gasped and yeah, they're like, I'm "What?" A, I'm sitting there like, "So, what are you guys shocked about right now?" Yeah, don't be stupid. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, so that's what the whole movie became. But then now he's in this whole different universe, and which is funny to me though because they say these canon events happen. If they don't happen, it's gonna jeopardize those universes but here's a universe where a canon event of a spider-man supposing to exist is not there but the universe that universe still exists universe 42 so you still have villains and you still have things like that yeah which is why and then you have universe 16 uh 10 which is the universe that miles is from yep where that peter wasn't supposed to die the only reason that peter died is because of miles mm-hmm. um but yet that universe is fine so that's what i'm trying to say is like there's still a lot of plot holes mm-hmm. that this next the the, the next need part address. needs to bring all that full circle and right. it's going to be interesting to do mm-hmm. the one thing i will say though that i got really excited because obviously you know he's spider-man in this universe 42 and it's all damn to hell and there's his miles his version game. of miles that's the the prowler and all thugged out and everything yeah, yeah. what i loved was if you listened um if you pay attention to the news they called it the um what was it the like the sinister six gang or sinister uh, six mafia yeah yeah which is dope because i think that's gonna be that would be pretty epic for team gwen because uh, she recruited all the she new made guys. her own Avengers, basically. Yeah, she br- she recruited the new guys from this movie, and then the previous Spider People from Into the Spider Verse. All of them going to this universe and then fighting like this ultimate powerful Sinister Six mm-hmm. villain group would be amazing because we have yet to get a Sinister the Sinister Six, six properly properly. Well, we've gotten we've gotten we no, got close. No way, no way home. But they failed with that one. I want you, literally it missed, you missed one, one more enemy to bring into the picture. Like you were this close. Well, not only that, but like if you really think about it, like Sandman wasn't really that. Like they weren't. They weren't trying to 
kill him. You know Neither I mean? was Doc Ock. Doc Ock and yeah. the Liz, like no, they the were, only one that had any attention to kill anybody was Green Goblin. Was Goblin, yeah. Even Jamie Foxx like had a change of heart. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Which was cool. It was nice little like you know moments, but yeah. I think my favorite Sinister Six, um, gathering was in the game. I think that was my favorite with Martin Lee, Doc Ock, uh, who else? Oh, Mister Negative. Yep, yeah. Mister Negative. Yeah, I think that was my favorite. Sinister Six. It had um, everyone but Craven, I think. Yes, right. And Green Goblin. And, and Goblin. Yeah, but I mean that was a good. Yeah, that was, that a was good a, Sinister. That six. was a good Sinister Six for me. I I enjoyed that. Uh, um, that one spectacular animated did a good job, and of course the Amazing Spider Man, uh, original uh, cartoon show. Oh yeah, the yeah Spider Man the animated series on yeah. in ninety five right yeah. yeah 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 those those did. Uh, Amazing! The live action means I'm supposed to have it, but supposed to. They canceled I, it. I I still think about what that could have been. I still think about what that could have been. That the the tease at the end of Amazing Spider Man two, and just knowing that's what was going to happen next, and even seeing Felicia Hardy, you know, with you know my cat on screen, like <sighs> I wanted it, man, and it didn't happen, and I'm and I'm mad. But anyway, um, yeah, so. To kind of wrap up on this film, Across the Spider-Verse is still playing out in theaters. If you haven't checked it out yet, you absolutely should. Um, I give Sorry it a, for the spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't yeah, seen if it. If you haven't, but, I mean, give it a second viewing, even, yeah. you know, because uh, I'm, I'm about to go do that today. Um, I've only seen it once, um, but I'm going to go see it again. And uh, I'm sure my second viewing will, of what I'm, what I'm told, I have a friend of mine back East Coast. Uh, his name's Dimitri. Cool guy, by the way. Um, big spider head, big you know, big animation guy. Um, he told me that his second viewing of this film was even better than the first, so I'm gonna take his word for it. We'll see how that goes, but um, yeah, Across the Spider Verse, solid film. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Um, oh, but then the one thing I want to quickly bring up before we wrap up on Spider Verse is that soundtrack, man. We talked a little bit about that, you know, yeah. from yeah, how that was kind of a little bit of a. It's not the same as the first yeah. uh, film. The first film, it's not a um, complete letdown, but it definitely didn't capture the same kind of like. If you were to play any track from the first album, I could tell you exactly what song it was, who who it is that's performing it. Like I I know that album from like the back of my where hand. Where it was in the film? Yeah, where it, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because that's you know that album doesn't play in yeah. order, but. Um, I think I think it's because like we talked about it, and I think it's because this soundtrack had a dedicated, um, uh, had Metro Booming dedicated, like they did majority of the tracks. Where the Into the Spider Verse, there was a variety of um, artists. Yeah, I didn't it. mind. And it, Metro- was, and it was very diverse. Yeah, I didn't mind Metro Booming. I just, like you said, I think you worded it. I think you said it pretty on point. Is that we had a different diverse set of artists to come kind of give their own interpretation of what it means means to make a track that's very spider-man very relatable to that character and such and i think that's what i missed the most from this um the first track we played in the beginning of annihilate is probably my favorite from the album yeah for sure i have to go back and like listen through them all but i need to um, if i'm being honest i do need to listen from start to finish i i have kind of cherry-picked you know kind of, i've yeah. listened i've listened to a majority of it but i've kind of cherry-picked to like what my favorites were and what i felt like eh, that's kind of worth skipping but i think i do need to listen to it all the way through and maybe kind of form a second opinion on that again but i think generally it still remains the same the first spider spider verse um score was really good but yeah you had something else you wanted that was on our on our mind, right? Something in the tech world, right? 
was uh, yeah. There's a couple things. There's a couple things, but something kind of big recently so, popped up. I'll let you kind of take the wheel on that one. Yeah. So something uh, the other day there was actually um, I forget what it was called, but it was like the Apple WWDC. Yeah, it was like their whole little press event where they showcase new products, showcase updates, things like that. But the biggest takeaway from um, from that, from what I've seen, because I haven't watched the entire. Uh, conference or whatnot yeah. was the uh the vision pro the vision pro yeah which is is apple's take in um we're both big apple heads by the way we got apple tech running the the cast here we've got iphones we've got airpods got the watch i mean we're pretty apple versed here so yeah sorry i'm not a samsung when it comes to this <laughs> stuff tv sure and surround sound but no so the vision pro what, what was funny is like so i didn't watch the thing right and all of a sudden, you know, things are popping up on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And it was this uh, Vision Pro from Apple. And the big thing that sorry, everyone... Sorry, I just got to play this really quick. Every every time, every freaking time, every time I... Uh, oh, my gosh. Why are you going to give me a darn ad for a freaking two-second clip, YouTube? No, I just... I just Every time I think... Or here, Samsung, I just think of... Damn. <laughs> That's all I hear. That's all I think every time I hear Samsung. Because literally, no joke, I, a Samsung came up. Like somebody was just walking behind. I was just walking somewhere downtown, and I hear a Samsung, and I hear that sound. I'm like, oh my gosh, why does this still sound like so? 2008. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, you just said Samsung. I had to play it. Man, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So the big thing was they showed. I kept seeing this image of uh, what they were calling the Apple Vision Pro, uh-huh. and you know from. A general consumer, you know, looks like a VR headset type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the big thing was the price point. It was like a $3,500 thing, and everyone's, uh-huh. like, losing their minds. Like, Apple's just crazy. And yeah, I get Apple. Apple is expensive, but, I mean, it's what people don't realize when it comes to Apple is you got to look at the tech, and you got to look at the cost of tech and things sure. like that. And that's where generally the price is somewhat justified. Mm-hmm. I do agree sometimes they're... They're uh, a little overpriced in some aspects, but they labeled it on their website as a spatial computing device, spatial computer. Yeah, that's so. That's the big. That's the key thing right there. Is that it's not a VR headset. It's not a second screen. It's not any of that. That it is um, like Greg just said. It's a spatial computing. Um, headwear essentially um, that kind of brings. Almost like it's. I feel like it's our very, probably our first consumer step properly towards what we've seen, like in things of like Iron Man or in comics or sci-fi films. Like this is something you you put on, um, and immediately it's like like eyewear. You know, you can see through it. it there's no like there's uh-huh. you're not blinded like a PlayStation VR or the Oculus, and then it. You know, once you go ahead and start and trigger, it starts to register your eyes and you'll have a HUD like pop up essentially, but still being transparent to see around you or if it needs to, you know, emphasize what you're seeing and eliminate the transparency uh, uh, beyond the, the lens or whatnot. It, it can do that. So it's very unique. It's very, <laughs> it's very duck. So, but um, <laughs> when you look at it, it looks super sci-fi. And and when I when I mean look at it, I mean really look at the photos because I never exactly <laughs> I never realized like I was looking at it earlier, and if you really really zoom and look at the 
the the hut or not the hut but like the actual device like there's a bunch of little cameras it reminded me of a spider to be honest dude. i was like dude what is this because there's like cameras around it uh on the outside there's cameras on the inside because it's literally like registering forget anyone that has a hole phobia with this thing because there's holes for days underneath that thing with the speaker vents and the cameras it's just it's kind of yeah, uh, it's it's a trip, but There's a lot of stuff on there. But it's very it's very interesting. It's very unique. Like based on what I'm seeing on the website, like it's able to know where your eyes, what you're looking at, and yeah. with this weird freaking twenty ninety nine technology, um, based on what they're showing you in this video here, it like you don't have anything. You're not wearing anything, but if you're looking at something and somehow you pinch it registers that you're like acknowledging to trigger that or to use that um, even moving gestures of your hand. And I think that's where the camera on the outside of it comes into play. It's kind of pointed down to see where, mm-hmm. where your hand registration is or something like that. Sure. Because you're constantly, I'm seeing it right now, like on the video and this, the lady's like moving her hand up or pinching it down and it's reacting to the screen. So if the tech like that is truly, truly like exactly as is, 3500 makes sense i mean that's technology that's not being utilized right now i mean any vr that you use you got to have some type of controller um i mean shoot they don't even make gloves yet for vrs which i'm surprised you know like freaking gloves uh, make a lot of sense like minority report you know what i mean just moving things around like you know be like tom cruise doing all that that's funny so the fact that this is using it without any accessory without any extra peripheral thing that you need is pretty amazing yeah so i don't know like i'm very curious i mean 35 is a lot of money but this is dubbed a pro version i don't know if there's gonna be any variants or anything like that but for me when anytime i hear something from apple called uh, and it says pro on there you got to realize that is the top of the line version of that product like that's how i see it so therefore it's going to be the expensive one Mm. that they'll have output so with that being said i'm hoping maybe they do just a regular vision or a vision core or vision light i don't know whatever terminology apple has here's a stretch vision pro because you already have a set of two eyes for vision is that why they call it vision pro well you're taking your vision to the next pro level. i don't know for those that wear glasses i don't know what, i don't know what to tell you my hey, vision man. is pro hey, man. <laughs> i need a vision max is what i need because i'm already at a pro vision oh my god <laughs> um but yeah no it's 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 interesting and what's cool too it's like it has more pixels than a 4k tv for each eye eye. so which is huge so you're having super micro LED display system so when if you watch a 4k movie from it Uh which would be an interesting way to do it like you're getting the best um sound you can pop or uh, video you can possibly get Mm. um even when you look at the uh, interior uh, eye tracking and responsive LEDs infrared cameras that are on the lens, that looks freaky. Like I said, go on their website, apple.com, and look up Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a trip. Like, it reminds me of some Iron Man stuff. Like, it really, really does. Now, I don't know if that's going to be visible. Uh, most likely not. But it's there. Like, you have the cameras searching. It's registering yeah, yeah. Your, your eyes and whatnot. What is kind of interesting to me, I'll kind of give one little bit of of thoughts here is Apple's eyesight, which is the um, the simulation on the outside of the gear um, that simulates. Um, if I understand correctly, it simulates your your eyes to be outside of the 
of the Vision Pro. So if you're wearing it and I'm looking at you and you're wearing this, I could still see your eyes and your expression. Oh, so hold up. So it's not a transparent screen. It's not. So it is solid black, but it is. Holy crap, that's different then. So the the Vision Pro, from what I read and what I understand. Yeah, because I'm looking at the photo now. Yeah. So what I understand is it takes a biometric scan of your face and it builds essentially a 3D model of, or like an avatar of yourself. And it simulates that while you're Holy wearing it. Holy shit. Because there's no because there's no camera facing you on the inside. There is. There's well, two or, or, there, well, on the on the eyes there's well, two. But I think that I think that's more of just registering. Right. Your optic know. they call it optic ID, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um but it's you're not looking at it like it couldn't capture your whole face and just project that. It's not a projection. It's of what's in real time happening in your face. That is a avatar, a three D model capturing the likeness and the uh, realisticness. Yeah, that just yeah, I'm, I'm reading it. I'm reading it right now, and yeah, it says uh, Vision Pro helps you remain connected to those around you. Eyesight reveals your eyes and lets those nearby know when you're using apps or fully immersed in an experience. When someone approaches, Vision Pro simultaneously lets you see the person and reveals your eyes to them. Yes. What? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? It's like, I wonder if Apple expects us to like wear these things like and walk down the street you know and just you know we just all are wearing these and we're just walking down everywhere and you see a bunch of goggles on everyone's faces <laughs> i don't think that's the case from what, how they just gonna be like wally bro yeah man you're sitting in a in a giant because you're you're fat and you can't move your limbs and you're you're sitting there and you're like looking up at this giant virtual screen you're like facetiming someone and the person you're facetime is literally right next to you <laughs> But you're, but you're so big that you can't even move your neck to look to the left of you. <laughs> you just, you just Facetime him right there. That's, yeah, that's. I think my my concern with this is that there are Apple, there are very passionate Apple fans, right? That will buy whatever the latest Apple product is because it's a pro this, pro that. And they don't know half the time why they're buying it. <laughs> and they're going to buy this. And they're not going to be quite sure what to do with it. And it's going to get to a point where maybe children or adults even, doesn't matter, will become so um, isolated away from the people that's right in front of them that the moment they take it off, they feel like there's something wrong. Like, think of it right now. We're so glued to the po- the computer that's in our pockets yeah. in the palm of our hands nowadays, right? That once, like, I'm, I'm just going to call it on and say it, a lot of younger ones are the most common ones with this, but everyone does. But once the phone is down, there's, like, this sense of, like, antsiness, like, urgency to be, like... Well, like, they don't know how to like, socialize. Well, well, yeah, well, what do I do? I don't know. I'm away from my phone. I, I don't know what to do. So then they put... they As soon as you get the phone back, oh, all better, you know? Like, it's like... Taking away a binky, a pacifier, you know, from a baby, you know, once you, once they take it away, you know, they just freak out, right? What happens here when we condition everybody so much to use the Vision Pro that when you, you take it away, what, I can imagine someone saying, I can't see. <laughs> and that's what, that's you know kind of, I mean? that's kind of where I feel, 
that's kind of part uh, outside of the tech and the cost of all that. I kind of feel that's where that price point comes into play. Yeah. Because I mean, think about it. $3,500 to a lot of people. That's two MacBooks. That's that's a lot. That's, 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 I mean, a couple more grand and you can have a down payment on a car. No problem. Or that itself right there is a down payment on a car. You know what I mean? Like depending, um, there's a lot of things you can use it for. So, I it's feel like the of a mortgage. I feel the, I feel that price point is also justifying the mitigation of that. That's why, like I said earlier, it's a pro version. And if it does well, because to your other point, I think this is too advanced tech that people won't know how to properly use it. I mean, people, there's people who have phone these iPhones now and still don't know half the crap that you can do in these things. Tell me about you it. You know, uh, there's people that buy the high end of the high end of Apple and they literally need just 1% of the, of what it can do because they think it's just, you know, just to have it because it is, but you, what you're trying to do with whatever device you have, whatever tech you have, you don't need that. You can do it with less. You can do it with this or that. Um, that's the thing about people is they don't, when people shop, some people shop because they're just really uninformed Yep. And then some people shop because they feel they need a lot, but they don't really need a lot. And then you have another form of people that shop just to flex. And yeah. This is the ultimate. Oh, this is a big flex. This is a big flex. But then I put it on, and well, what do I do with it now? Yeah. Well, I have it. I have it. It's it's you it's know. gonna th- this this will sell. Not only would it sell to you know the tech people that really want to use it for what it is to the passionate Apple fans. Yeah, and that's why I said tech. Anyone who does tech, they're gonna want to f- mess with this thing and figure it out. The early whether, adopters, whether, whether you're Apple or not, they're, they're going to want to know what it is, because especially your competitors, because they want to see what is it you got going on so we can do it, too. But the other big consumer that's going to be for this, it's going to be social media people, man. It's just going to be people. Hey, look what I got on YouTube so they can get the views and get the likes and all that. And, and then it's they can sit there and collect that. Yeah, they, they could literally not give two cents about it because they'll make enough money back in yeah. ad revenue and viewership to just let it collect dust afterwards and yeah. get their money's worth back. But I do agree. I mean, uh, to get a little more in the uh, dystopian, darker side of things, I, I I do wonder when this is more accessible to like what you were saying earlier. Like, what is this going to do? I'd like to see to the, the public. I'd like to see the use case. And I again, I've only seen so much, but I would like to see what the actual practical use case of this would be for as they preach like businesses, you know, the establishments that could actually have like a useful work case. Like, is this Jarvis to me in real time? I'm sure it is. It looks like it is. Um, but well, it seems like they're advertising, like they try to advertise all aspects. Yeah. Right. But, but I do agree with you. Like the majority advertisement that I'm seeing is watch is TV. Home, is home theater. Yeah, watch TV. Watch TV. It's like, bro, I have four other devices already that do this that you've given to me already. <laughs> I have an Apple TV. I have a Mac. I have an app. I have an iPad. I have an iPhone. I could watch TV on all those. Why do I need another one glued to my face to do the same damn thing? Ironically, it's not even, there's not a single, I'm scrolling through the thing. There's not a single advertisement for like video gaming. No, and so my initial thought, because there were rumors of this thing um, for years, actually. Um, I think the first time I heard about something like this was about maybe three or four years ago. Um, and, of course, I didn't know very much on it at the time. I just heard rumblings like, oh, Apple's going to make an AR, VR headset. Okay, cool. They're just like everybody else. No problem. But, like, 
I was expecting there to be some more immersive game play experience with this. And maybe we will see it because, again, let's, you know, remember here that the conference you said that they watched, the, this is a developer's conference. This is a digital thing. This is It's all um, OS, software. So it's, hardware is typically not a revealed thing at these types of events. So all of this could really just be most, I mean, they say early next year, and it looks like they have a whole visual of, like, the hardware already up, but, like, it could be a early proof of concept, and we could see some changes to this drastically before then, um, and we could see them even possibly, um, you know, showing more in different areas, given the feedback, yeah. you know? So the only thing that I'm seeing that, like, has pretty, probably a pretty good value or purpose, mm-hmm. it's a little depressing, it's it's a sentimental. So, like, do you remember the movie Minority Report? I feel like I've seen. I feel like I've. So there's a at some point in Minority Report, uh, which is a good movie if you haven't seen it with Steven Spielberg director and Tom Cruise the lead actor. Uh, yes, yes. There's a there's a point where uh, Tom Cruise's character he's kind of like on his own. Like you see a little bit of his backstory, like his family and how things are, and he has this div- this the technology where they're able to. He gets this little chip. And they're able to put it in, uh, put it in a like a little device, and either like a little like a three D hol- uh, hologram pops up, and it shows you like this three D visual representation of like this old home video that he did, it's like his kid playing baseball or something, and it, it just projects it all in front of him, and it's like like it's really like he's there, and so what I'm seeing in this one of the advertisements, it's the memories come to life where it has. Um, apple's first 3d camera so you're able to basically capture spatial photos and spatial videos in 3d and then relive them so it reminds me of that it reminds me of minority report that scene where like imagine having an old memory of a family member or something and then all of a sudden you want to relive that video and you have the vision and they're like right in front of you and it's almost like you can touch them. You can see them versus seeing it yep. from a screen or whatever. Yep. Like yep. that's literally the only big. Imagine like looking at Harry Potter and you see like, you know, the frames, like the photos that they have and like you see them in real time, but except it's a lot more immersive. Yeah. Like you can feel like you're actually re. I feel like you would see a recreation of that, like in real time yeah. is what they're trying to position it as. Um, yeah. It's, it's trippy. Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, outside of that, I mean, they advertise like, yeah, you can talk to people like, you know, do videos. And but see, I guess that's it's a different why way of doing I want to see more of a use case for it in actual situations that aren't already things I can do with my existing devices. Yeah. That's what I want to see. It's just see. another perspective is what they're giving you with this. Sure. And I think that they're also trying to tell you that, like, you can do more with this because you have multiple spaces to work within. But... Again, it's all the same thing. Like, like what? Do you expect me to put, like, five Safari tabs all over my kitchen? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would want to see, like, the actual use case um, in, like, you know, with, like, doctors amongst, like, the health, you know, like, medical industry um, and with, like, you know, infrastructure, like, you know, modeling things for, like, blueprints for, like, building, you know, buildings and, like you know, homes and um, vehicles and, you know, that kind of stuff. I want to see how that actually gets utilized. And, again, I feel like what we see here is a proof of concept. So we haven't even seen a lot of developers other than Disney, who actually spoke up, I think, 
on it a little bit, talk about how they plan to use it. So that's what I'm waiting for. And that's and that, that that's a good bring up too right there. That's the other thing people got to realize with this. This Vision Pro, it's for it, it is targeted towards devs. It's targeted towards those. It's it's I don't feel this is yet targeted towards consumers just yet. Consumers who want it will buy it. Yeah. Though I mean it'll be available for consumers, but those that want it will buy it, but I do feel it is targeted more towards mm-hmm. the techies and developers in industry mm-hmm. you know those are the ones that are really gonna yeah want to mess with this and have it but as far as like you know joe schmo like me just here like i it'd be cool to have but i'm not spending that much money on it yeah man like i said that's probably like an eighth of like a like a mortgage down payment maybe well, i don't know how much mortgage down payments are so <laughs> I'm kind of a dumbass on that. I one. don't know what I'm talking about, I'm but it sounds cool. I'm <laughs> stupid. <laughs> and I, I can put two and two together and mix fish. <laughs> That's why I said car payment or yeah. down payment yeah, on the car, car. Car payment's probably better. Down yeah. payment on the car. Feels like a mortgage down payment, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I've no, never had a mortgage down payment, but it sure sounds like it would be part of If you of do it right, it's a lot more. What, like 100000 if you had a hundred thousand put down on the house, then you're a baller. You don't even need to. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah, man, we'll we'll see what happens with the Vision Pro. Uh, I, I think, I think my my last takeaway on this, my last thing I'll say on this is like, this was a big new category product reveal. I think since like you know, it's a new platform. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Apple, I feel like introduces new product categories when it makes sense to do so the last ones i remember them being pretty big was the apple watch airpods and the HomePod. since then we haven't seen like a new like product category you know um but i feel like the last big most impactful one was definitely the iphone of course the iphone changed, oh yeah that's that's you know, there but literally how we have computers in our pockets now in the same regard the can't no iphone more than ipad because iphone literally changed how you communicate and how we access people's information and how we get, you know, more ads into your pocket and more accessible to you directly. Um, it made everyone on the drawing board at, within Google, Samsung, BlackBerry and go, yep, let's just scrap everything we were going to release this year. Apple just totally changed the entire dynamic. And that's when the whole smartphone industry was made. That's why Androids and iPhones were all new to everyone when they first released, because when Apple revealed theirs, it was, months ahead before they released it but then everybody's like yep just let's go back let's just redo everything forget whatever blackberry with a keyboard you were going to release this year let's just forget about it so when iphone released so did android and it was it was all new territory to everybody people who could afford the iphone afforded the iphone and people who were apple users were happy with the iphone but people who weren't familiar with that kind of field of you know technology gravitated by nature towards android because it was cheaper and that's why the whole you know stigma of the android does does everything that an iphone does except way cheaper same thing with ipad and android tablets right every this does everything that the apple does or that you know the ipad does except way cheaper um that was a thing for a long period of time because it was all like i said it was all new i think what happened was Event and this is just my own observation. I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty confident this was the case. Come around like maybe six or so years later, I think when the iPhone six and seven were starting to become, you know, more mainstream, 
it was because people who had been jailbreaking and rooting these iPhones. Sorry, I'm kind of gravitating over here to another subject here. I'm just feel like I want to talk about this, but uh, it just feels like when people were starting to jailbreak and root, you know, phones because it was all new, like, Oh, Androids are so customizable. You can make your own wallpapers and your own widgets and your own, you can put games on here. You don't have to buy apps from the app store. Sure. You had free apps on the app store too on iPhone, by the way, just for the record you do. Um, but a lot of what Apple did, they stuck to their guns on despite the, maybe the, you know, the flack or the feedback that people would constantly give to Apple because Android was doing everything such open source and cheaper, right? People, I think, learned over time that they want consistency more than anything. They want a working, functioning device to work as intended from start to finish. As Androids, I feel like, became progressively more in-depth, more intricate, as I should probably say, it became too complex for the average consumer to go, well, wait, I want to play a game, but I don't know how to install this emulator and or these games and this rooting, this profile, this APK. I don't know how to get all this on there, you know? But iPhone, yay, the App Store, download, Face ID, Touch ID, but ding, it's that easy, you know? And I think people gravitated towards that. With iMessage and services also becoming a lot more streamlined and consistent, I think people just by nature, just gravitated towards iPhone because it worked, it was flashy, and it was consistent. And here we are. Now, instead of everybody asking, hey, do you have an iPhone cable? Who has iPhones? We have Android. Now it's the opposite. Do you have an Android cable? Who has Android? (laughs) We only have iPhone cables here. We only have iPhone chargers. It just, I think that's what kind of flips. So to wrap it back around what I was saying, I think the most impactful product that Apple released that changed, you know, a lot of like computing in the tech industry was the iPhone. We've had new products introduced from Apple, but I don't think they were nearly as impactful as the iPhone was. And I'm thinking, give this some time, give this about five, eight years. We'll see the, we'll look back at the Vision Pro and go, yeah, this was one of those products that did that. Because like I said, on their website, they call it a spatial computer. So it's a whole new computer category is what they're trying to, they don't call it a headset if you notice that. They don't call it that. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Dope. Dope indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nintendo, when you going to make one? (laughs) Never. Uh, They ain't got time for that, man. Ain't nobody got time for that. They did with Labo. Oh, dude. (laughs) My Labo is in my closet right now, and I'm pretty sure, because I had a a water leak in my bathroom like last year, and uh, it was just water leaking through the walls and everything like that, and... My Labo was sitting like against the wall, against like with all my other posters, and like it was just like all tucked in back there. I I cleaned out my closet like maybe a month ago, and my Labo was all <laughs> destroyed because <laughs> I Ew. yeah because it, it was cardboard and it got wet. I didn't even realize that though this entire time it was all destroyed. So you had like mold just growing in your yeah. I had to call my my um what do you call it the landlord? Uh, uh, yeah landlord the housing you know people the maintenance people. Um, to come check it out, because I'm like, hey, you fixed this, but there's a whole set of mold in my closet here, and my labo was destroyed. I'm like, I'm not going to bother trying to replace that. <laughs> I tried. I gave it a go. It was fun while it lasted. I thought it was a fun toy. It was a fun thing to experiment with, but I definitely wouldn't say it's, you know, it's going to capture the likes of many, like like what this would, or like what a PSVR or an Oculus would, you know, so... Speaking of Nintendo, we are a Nintendo cast. How about that Nintendo Live, man? We were talking about that a little bit ago. 
come to think of it, you were talking about like that event that was happening in September. We were going to go to it, and now they've kind of updated their site. It looks like you're looking at a little bit of the stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they finally uh, opened up uh, ways to get tickets because it's going to be free mm-hmm. tickets, but you have to register. Um, so if you register through, you go to Nintendo.com and, or just Google Nintendo Live, you can register for the event. One of the four days that they have um, in Seattle, uh-huh. uh, you just have to have a Nintendo account um, to register. And then uh, do that by June 22nd, and then they'll be able, hopefully, a little random after that, they're quote-unquote randomly selected. So I did it. We'll see. I mean. It's so weird to plan a whole trip two states away on a chance, you know? Yeah. But it is worth noting that PAX is also happening that same weekend as Nintendo Live. So I think the plan would be go to PAX. If you get the ticket to Nintendo, go say hi to Nintendo. And it's only for a day. That's weird. Yeah, you only have you can only register for one day. That's weird. Yeah, some, I don't know. We'll see. Some, I mean, I did it as a family. So if um, that's some bullshit. If we uh, if we get it, I mean, I'll have to decide. That's why. I mean, it seems like they're giving you a whole month to figure it out, which not enough time, but okay. Mm. Um, at least I don't feel. But um. We'll see when they if they do give it. I'll decide if uh, I want to go take the family to go to Seattle and check this out. Otherwise, there's other stuff going around in our area. There's a lot of little cons here and there. There's um, I don't know. September is just kicking off. I think slowly but greatly, we are still uh, the world is still opening up back to how it was before COVID. So um, mm-hmm. a lot of people are starting to go out and do things. Mm-hmm. I know I'm certainly am. Like I've been. I think my one of my buddies pointed out, like, I've been to L.A. just this year alone, like. Three, four different times? No, like seven times. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, the beginning of the beginning of the year, I mean, we went to Universal, I think, like, four times. Uh-huh. You know, we got to preview the Nintendo. Super Nintendo the World. Super Nintendo World. I've been, I've been there, or I've already been there, like, five times. So Crazy. I've been to L.A. for five times at least. Crazy. I just I just went this past weekend. Um, and then we think we went for another, oh, our anniversary. So like, there you go. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like I've been our anniversary. Why wasn't I invited? (laughs) You you said our anniversary, bro. Come on. My anniversary. You said our anniversary. Okay. (laughs) Don't be telling people, bro. Goddamn. (laughs) You can't let people know about our actual business. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. That's we, 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 don't, we, don't, we don't roll that way. <laughs> Not us personally. Um, I, I don't. Greg does. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Wait. Just, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what he sounds like. Absolutely not, bro. <laughs> that was the worst one to play. No. <laughs> oh, no. That's funny. Gosh, man. Okay. Well. But yeah. Nintendo Live is uh is is going to be happening in September and along the same weekend as PAX. So um, their merch is kind of questionable. Well, it's their pre-purchase merch. pre-purchase merch. Yeah, for so what they have right this now. This is like you know this is like convention merch, mm-hmm. like the theme of it, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty generic. But I'm sure the merch they have at location will probably be uh, hopefully probably be a lot more in depth. I do want the pins. Pins are always something that I want. Um, I, I I did see pins on there at one point. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool. You get a Animal Crossing, Pikmin, Splatoon, Mario, and Zelda. 
Yep. Pins. Kind of strange they got no Pokemon on there, but again, again, I got to remember Pokemon Company is different from Nintendo. So, nope. Well, you got to take you got to take into consideration. You got to look at all those little those things as your cues as to what exactly is going to be big there. So uh-huh. you can clearly tell that Splatoon has a big presence. Splatoon, Mario Kart, uh, Pikmin mm-hmm. um, will all have a big presence, as well as Mario, and then it looks like Zelda. But mm-hmm. so those are your, and they have tournaments like they're going to have Splatoon uh, three, Mario Kart. Um, Smash with Amiibo. There's an Amiibo tournament that I saw that they're having. Mm-hmm. I need to bring some of my Amiibo. My Amiibo. And then they're going to have the, the uh, on live stage musical uh, orchestra performance of Mario and then Legend of Zelda. Ooh. So that's kind of cool. I kind of want to see that. That would be dope. And then they'll have some photo op spots and... That's it. That's about it. Then just a pop-up store, so... No announcements, it sounds like, which I wouldn't expect from something like this. But Nintendo it's, makes announcements when they feel like it. Nintendo could literally be like, hey, yo, it's it's 11.59 p.m. at night. We're going to drop a whole Nintendo Direct announcement right now on you. They've done, And I say that because that's actually happened. There was a one point at midnight that they just dropped a Nintendo Direct mini announcement for the next day within like six hours. They're just like, here you go. Six hours later. Well, it's midnight us, but it was really Japan time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a day ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Don't be mad. That's uh, how it works. Bro. I am mad, bro, because like six hours later, 6 a.m., the the direct mini happened. This was during 2020 when, uh, I get it, COVID changed things up, but still. You know, drop me a direct announcement at midnight? So that's when people were going, um, was it, stir-crazy over the Mario 35th anniversary announcements. Remember that? Everybody, uh, myself included, everybody was like waiting for the, hey, look, you smirk. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, no, I know. I'm, just, I'm, I'm yeah. proud that you acknowledge yourself there. But. Yes! I'm telling you, I, I can self-reflect. I can acknowledge when I've been a cringe person. <laughs> when? When. When I was when I was cringe. But during that period when everybody was like speculating all all throughout the internet, like, oh, Mario 35th anniversary, direct, soon, 3D All-Stars, need it now, need it now. And every time they would announce something, the tiniest bit of Twitter, they'd be like, it's gonna, they're going to post a tweet at 6 a.m. And you get a tweet at 6 a.m. and it's not that. And everybody's like, where's Mario? <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that period. That was a rough, that was a rough time for me. <laughs> Damn, bro. Because I'm a big Mario fan. I was like, come on, give me it. So... I just have no expectations for anything. I, when it's Mario, I, I I I want everything Mario. Just give it to me. Anything Mario, <laughs> just just give it to me. <laughs> give me give me the, give me more Mario game watches. Give me more Mario merch. Give me all the Mario collab stuff. Give me everything Mario. That's funny. Yeah. Well, why is it so funny? You're so passionate about it, bro. It's good. I I love Mario, man. Mario is my favorite character of all time. Yes. Yeah. Yep, Aww. yep, and I get told all the time at uh, at my job that uh, when people see Mario, they instantly correlate that to me, and I'm like, dang, mission I'm, mission accomplished. Yep, <laughs> it's a me. So, yeah, cool man. Well, that's all I have for today. That's all, folks. We're gonna initiate our save state here. Hopefully, you liked a little bit of flu, the fluidity, the flexibility, the uh, the different, you know. A little bit more just outside broader takes on our thoughts on things. More to come, that's for sure. And uh, we'll catch you all on the on the flippity.
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Duck Soul Cast. Be sure to follow us at DuxoCast on our Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube for more content updates.